I'm David Delegator. This is my brief and incomplete history of the pandemic, as I've experienced it. We've all been placed on the edge of becoming burnt-out cases, some of us more than others, staying at home, isolated from others, no restaurants, bars, live music, or sports. Thousands in the city have lost their job, a place to live, been hospitalized, or lost their lives. I'm one of the lucky ones. No such fate has befallen me, but there is still a price to pay for enduring the persistent miasma we find ourselves in. There's a psychological toll to pay for the isolation we must practice to stay well. The diminished human contact is tough. We are social animals. One way around it is to talk on the phone with friends locally and around the country, frequently. Of course, you can only do that so often each week. So what am I doing? My wife and I have DVR'd countless old movies and TV series that used to give pleasure. And we watch documentaries and dramas from public television far more frequently. And I'm lucky to have amassed a large collection of DVDs, so there's always something to watch. We miss going to the movies, but we make better popcorn. And there's music. We have lots of vinyl records. You remember those, right? And CDs? And I listen and keep adding to favorites on my iPod. And may I mention, if you find local radio lacking... There's a great website called radiolocator.com, which enables you to search for stations by city, state, format, or frequency around the country or internationally. I've listened to Malaysian radio from Kuala Lumpur and jazz from Paris. But what's really kept me diverted from feeling isolated is books. I'm a chronic reader and have been since I was four. And now that the public library is reopened, if you have the time, what a great opportunity to spend it reading. Here's what I've been up to. I've been voraciously consuming books on cocktails. A seasonal gem is the Tropical Bar Book by Charles Schumann, a collection of coladas and grogs, classic rum drinks, Cuban cocktails, and so on. Gorgeous full-color illustrations and interspersed with stories by the likes of Hemingway, Malcolm Lowry, and other notables. A perfect guide for what to imbibe in this weather. And another new work currently available at the public library is Drinking French by David Leibovitz, featuring 160 recipes and a history of cafe drinks, liqueurs, aperitifs, cocktails, and amazing snacks to go with them. Both books have given me an outstanding opportunity to practice what I read, not to mention expanding my liquor cabinet from the pickup service ordered through the party source. Do you like maps? I've been reading Nick Middleton's An Atlas of Countries That Don't Exist. It's a compendium of 50 unrecognized and largely unnoticed states, geographical areas lacking diplomatic relations or UN recognition. They have been subsumed by larger countries or are simply disregarded. Many have their own language, some have issued stamps, and all have flags. Beautiful die-cut maps accompany each historical essay. And what about historical mysteries? A Rising Man by Abir Mukherjee takes you to Calcutta, 1920. Sam Wyndham, a British cop, has moved to India to escape the trauma of the death of his wife. He joins the Calcutta police force 
and partners with Surendras Banerjee, a Hindu Brahmin who has stepped outside his family's wishes. This is a grim murder mystery. The country is on the edge of Gandhi's revolution. The sun is setting on the British Empire, and Wyndham becomes an opium addict. The series of so far four books is a wonderful sociological study of a not-so-different class war than we have here. And if you like mysteries in general, let me tell you about Akashic Books. They are a relatively small publishing house based in Brooklyn. Going back perhaps 15 years, they began publishing a series of noir short stories. Each is based in individual cities. For instance, there's a San Francisco noir or Havana noir, Hong Kong or Marrakesh. Most involve a murder, each based in a specific neighborhood of the given city, and all written by present or former locals of that city. At present, I believe there are 108 volumes. I can't keep up, but they are fascinating. I just picked up copies of Sao Paulo Noir and Singapore Noir, two cities in which another life I worked and lived. The Cincinnati Public Library is a fairly extensive collection of the Akashic Noir series. And like most of us, I thought about what we're missing the most. For me, it's access to restaurants and the ability to travel on an airplane. Both desires encompass a motive. The plan for anywhere I travel begins with a list of restaurants. What we can do now at the least is to read about food. The Amazing Guides, published, for instance, by Traveler's Tales, includes one 436-page volume simply called Food, A Taste of the Road. Skillfully edited by Richard Sterling, it puts the reader in the center of mankind's commonality discovered through travel and food. Each of 50 tales takes you to Malaysia and Morocco, Nepal and Australia, Somalia and Fiji, where correspondent Harry Rolnick has dinner with the cannibals. It's a great read of where, someday, we might go again. Still, we have to eat. Are you getting tired of your increasingly tedious menu of grilled chicken, salads, and burgers? I miss my grandmother's Kreblach. Missing your Mexican restaurants or Cajun food? Well, these and other ethnic cuisines are things you can cook at home. The public library has an extensive collection of cookbooks. For Mexican food, I would recommend Diana Kennedy's The Art of Mexican Cooking. Missing your red beans and rice or gumbos and jambalaya? To pick two volumes from dozens of options, Richard and Rima Collins' New Orleans Cooking and John Fols's Encyclopedic, The Evolution of Cajun and Creole Cuisine. There are literally hundreds of books on that subject. And finally, on the subject of food, I have a substantial library of cookbooks from most continents and be glad to share ideas. So what are your Desert Island books? You get 10 of them. I just revisited one of mine, Blow Up and Other Stories, by the Argentinian author Julio Cortazar. Blow Up was the basis for the great film of the same name, about a photographer who takes a picture in a park as something he was not supposed to see. He also wrote the short story, The Southern Thruway, that became the basis for Jean-Luc Godard's weekend. It is a defining work of Latin American magic realism and belongs in everyone's library. Finally, we wouldn't have any non-English books without translators. 
I recently reread the memoirs of Gregory Rabassa entitled, If This Be Treason, Translation and Its Discontents. It's a fascinating read of the thought process and problems that translating the works of Cortazar, Mario Vargas Llosa, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and 27 others into English. Rabassa is the man who made a hundred years of solitude part of the American landscape. So this is some of what I've been reading. If we have to stay sheltered, I hope you will find the time to read a good book. So please, be safe and well. I'm going to make another Kuiperinha. For Around Cincinnati, I'm David Delegator.